This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And welcome to the Vedic Wisdom. Thank you for being with us today. So I'd like to talk to you about the universal aspect that's in God consciousness. Generally speaking, we're materially conscious. We're absorbed in from everything from our bodily predicament, family predicament, job predicament, a variety of aspects of life that take up our time. And then, of course, everyone is being distracted by the television, turn yours off immediately, forever. Distracted by the phone, you're carrying around a mini computer in your hand. Distracted by screens all over the place, advertising all over the place. The other people in their lives that you can't take your eyes off of because what they're doing is irritating to you. All of these things are distracting our minds from being focused that the mind is a knowledge acquiring tool that's supposed to be feeding information for the intelligence to analyze what is good for me and what is not. Now the only time that people step back to this concept of my intelligence, what is good for me, is when they're doing a negotiation or a transaction. They all want to come out on top. They all want to, what's in it for me? You hear that all the time. What's in it for me? As though, you know, they have the right to demand of the world that I get a good deal. Nobody else, but I do. This is, you know, all false ego. The mind being distracted, the senses pulling you from any type of concentration as opposed to actually thinking about things. And giving the intelligence a chance to analyze what to do and what not to do. And the higher goal, instead of selfishness, materialism, uh, living higher on the hog, having more possessions, or having better situation in society, the real intelligent person is trying to develop self-realization and God-realization to the point where they chain love of God. The Vedic literature says emphatically that the goal of life is to develop love of God. Anything else is inferior. We're in a temporary world. We're uh, constantly distracted by temporary activities, and they yield, at best, temporary results. But as an eternal living entity, this is all inferior. The eternal living entity wants eternal result. And that eternal result is not found here. It's found in the consciousness of the being, developing the consciousness above the distractions of the place. And everybody is so busy adjusting, living, making plans to stay forever in the place. But the place, well, what can be said? Everybody has anxiety because of the place. Everybody's got the issues. Coming without your endeavor. This goes wrong. That goes wrong. Whatever goes wrong. So you don't get to get above it. Everybody's constantly putting out these little fires all over the place. Little fires, little fires. As though, well, when I get those things all sorted, then I'll take a look at something spiritual. Or then I'll take a look at love of God. Well, the situation is very clear. Those little fires never go away. It doesn't matter if you're four years old, doesn't matter if you're 50, doesn't matter where you're at in your age of your life, there's always going to be little fires that need putting out. So you've got to learn how to multitask. 
You take care of these little fires, but you don't lose sight of the higher responsibility because you have a human form of life. This is why we have the ability to do different things with each hand at the same time, each hand and each foot at the same time, and talk. But we're not practicing that. So, obviously, there's higher realms of activity and quality, higher realms of yield, higher results that we're not being trained to focus on. This society is a society of trivial distraction. And you are guilty. Simultaneously, you are a victim. So this is because we reflect those things around us. If we're around spiritual people, we reflect spiritual perspectives. And if we're around drunkards, we reflect alcoholic perspectives. It's the nature of our existence. We reflect our society. We reflect our association. And this is why I said a moment ago, turn off your television forever. You do not want to reflect anything that's on there. It is intended to make you the lowest possible uh, denominator of a human in a human form of life. You're to be the lowest level you can be. Thinking, swearing, sex orientations and innuendos, uh, abusive, critical, fault-finding, disrespectful, short-tempered, aggravated, uh, delusional, perverted, arrogant, all of the bad qualities. So if you want to get yourself to a higher platform, if you want to become a better being, turn off your television and never turn it on again. Now, most of you don't have the courage. Everybody can come up with an excuse. And the excuse is because you don't have the courage to disconnect from the cathode nipple that you've been sucking on since you were a baby. But if you want to become a better being, if you want to reduce the amount of problems in the world, source where the problems are coming from and disconnect and the first thing you should disconnect from is the TV then you'll find you have a lot of time on your hands everybody I, I get this all the time absolutely insane all the time I don't watch that much TV oh hogwash everybody's watching TV just go outside and walk down the street at about eight or nine o'clock Everybody's window is flickering with their TV flicker. You all think you don't watch that much TV. And now people are sitting at their computers and they're watching other types of crap, mental contaminations. But if you don't stop it, you can't calm your mind. Because that's what's required first, is calm the mind from the confusion caused. Then focus the mind on what is my true self-interest. What is really going to make an eternal benefit to me in this life? I doubt that many people listening today have uh, had that thought. They're too busy being distracted to actually have the thought. How can I uh, achieve the highest goal of life? It's not being taught. Everybody says, oh, you can't do it. Nobody's perfect. Oh, you've heard it a thousand times. It doesn't really matter. There's nothing to happen. When you die, you die. Thousands of different things that have been flippantly interjected into social concepts so you don't focus and reach the highest goal, which is your true potential. So the Vedic literature is the opposite. 
Society is going downhill to the lowest common denominator. It is completely uh, obliterating the good qualities of humanity. It is causing widespread, universally widespread frustrations and anxieties in humanity. Yet, I just told you, turn off your television, never turn it back on, and you have mentally already put up a wall, an excuse. Because you don't have the courage to live life without it. You think you might be missing something. Yes, you would. You'd be missing the contamination that makes you the worst possible person you can be. <laughs> so, let's talk now a little bit higher. What say the, we develop love of God? What are the symptoms? What is a person who's developed love of God about? He's got to have a different point of view, doesn't he? He's got to have a different set of values. So, but love of God is a decisive factor in separating the intelligent from the illusioned. The illusioned don't value love of God nor achieve it or attain it or strive to attain it. And those that are not illusioned, that's their total focus. Now, if you love God, and you know that God is the cause of all the living entities. Each living entity, you and I, we are eternal parts and parcels of God. We are created, separated parts. So we are eternal as He is eternal. And we have all the good qualities, but they're covered by these bodies. So, but we're all, always, still connected to God. Knowingly or unknowingly, the connection is still there. So if we think from that platform where we understand there is a unifying factor between all of us and the Supreme Lord, then we need to understand that if we love God, then we should love the neighbor, love our brother. If you love God above all else, then you also love your neighbor, and in loving your neighbor, you love every man, because they're all connected. To help another man to love God is truly love of another man. And to be helped by someone to love God is to truly be loved. So we have to see that clearly. We have to understand that an act of kindness is giving love of God. And giving love of God automatically shows love of everyone else. It is all connected. We're being trained exactly the opposite by the demons that run the television set and the education systems and the governments and the banks. They're completely godless. And they want you to think you're alone. They want you to think you're disconnected from every other person. And that's not true. That's not substantiated by anything but speculation. They try to put speculation and discredit all of the realization of the saints and sages and great beings that have come and gone throughout eons of time and have all come to the platform of developing love of God, of appreciation to the Lord, and writing and reading and participating in the scriptures that develop the knowledge in the human species of the activities and the eternal relationship with the Lord. 
This development of that internal relationship is really your duty. This is what we're all supposed to be doing. Reviving our eternal relationship with the Lord is already there. It's covered. It's forgotten. And the media, the illusions at the top, the people running the planet and running the news and running the education and running all the different structures and social standards, etc., etc., norms, they are not God conscious. They are doing the opposite. There is no God. God is dead. It doesn't matter. You can't find him. You can't see him. He doesn't exist. All these childish, absolutely fourth grade, seven-year-old, ten-year-old kid stuff. And it's being propagated over and over and over by repetition, such that the people hear it all the time, and therefore many people think that's reality. And then later in their life, they arrogantly stand on that platform that, oh, no, it's not true. Now, you can't show me God, then there isn't one. So this is the illusion, and this is the negative result, and this is the tragedy of the human life in this particular uh, society we're in. We're not being trained to help. We're not being trained to be honest. We're not being trained to care, be compassionate. We're being trained the opposite. Kill, kill, eat all the animals, kill, criticize, abort. All these things that are not human characteristics. And we're reflecting them because the people at the top are not actually human in consciousness level. They're animal. They're still struggling for existence and fighting for superiority like the pecking order in a herd. They haven't come to the realization that there's a higher sense, a higher reason, a higher purpose. And give that understanding, give that goal to anyone. So we have all the problems we have in society. Nobody's loving the neighbor. Nobody's loving everyone. Learning how to love God, this is the principle to be teaching to the whole world. If love of God is taught by a religion, that religion should be considered first class. It doesn't matter if it's Christian, if it's Hindu, if it's Muslim, if it's whatever. If it's teaching love of God, that's first class. The test of a religion is simple. Have the followers learned how to love God? If they have, that is a bona fide religion. So God is the center of love and everything is God's expansion. So the lover of God is the lover of everyone. A lover of God does not discriminate by thinking that only man should be loved and given service. He is interested in all living entities, regardless of the form which they happen to take birth. A lover of God loves everyone, and therefore his love reaches everyone. Just like when you water the root of a tree, you nourish all the parts of the tree, from the trunk to the leaves. Or when you're, uh, you're hungry, you feed the food to the stomach, and the entire body gets nourishment. Similarly, when you love God, you love everyone and everything. So there lies the solution to the world's problems. The mentality, the education, the training given to the humans has to be updated to the truth. It has to be brought up to the platform of love of God. 
This is what is being taught. This is what a Vedic wisdom program is about. This is what the Vedic knowledge is about. Teaching you to know the Supreme Lord, love the Supreme Lord, and serve the Supreme Lord. Eternal, loving, devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, unself-motivated, uninterrupted, selflessly executed without expectation of return. That is love of God. There is People aren't even practicing this selflessness attitude among person to person. I did a show on this a few weeks ago. That you have to realize that the opportunity to be selfless and render some service and give some help and assistance is practice for you coming to the level of being qualified to render some service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. God is waiting for you to wake up. It isn't a matter of uh, His having to do anything. You have free will. Look how you're using your free will. I choose to turn on the television. You should choose to develop yourself to the highest level and the highest qualities and render service to God. Render loving service. Selflessly. We have a society that is very difficult for anybody to do much at all selflessly. What's in it for me? That's what I started out talking about today. Everybody's doing that. What's in it for me? Well, in reality... The true higher development of a human being, what's in it for you, is love of God. Eternal bliss and knowledge. The reservoir of all pleasure can award everything that you want. You only have to be qualified. And to be qualified, you have to purify yourself and practice. The opportunity is right in front of you. There's probably someone within earshot of you right now who could use a hand. Are you insensitive to it? Or do you notice it? This person could use a hand. Maybe they could just use a hug. Maybe they could just use a little advice, a little help. Here, hold that. Thanks. Whew, got it. Okay, you let go now. But everybody's too wrapped up in themselves. We're living in a totally selfish-based society. And it's only getting worse because of the rotten television, the distraction of your hand-held phone, and the disconnect it's causing between one man and another. Constantly being distracted from being a good person. You're not just being distracted from work you should do or other places you should put your attention. You're actually being distracted from working on yourself, from asking important questions. The why. <laughs> take a day. Take a day and make it your why day. And go around and ask every situation that comes up, everything you observe, just think to yourself, why did that happen? Why did they say that? Why is that there? Why? Spend a why day with yourself. And start asking. Start looking. See how many serious questions you come up with. Because by the time the day's over, you're going to see your whole world from a different point of view. You're going to see yourself from a different point of view. And you're going to realize you've not been living your life conscious. You've been living your life 
in a hive mind. Everybody's thinking about things like this, and I've learned how to do it, so I'm thinking like this, and the situation's pretty simplistic. I can get through. I got it figured. I can negotiate life. I'm cool. Next thing you know, I'm arrogant. And then I'm critical. And then I'm not helpful. And then I'm abusive. It all leads the wrong way. We have all these problems that are in the child abuse, woman abuse, environment abuse, water abuse. It goes on and on and on and on and on because the whole thing is based on selfishness. All of it, all of the problems in the world you see is based on selfishness. But are you being trained not to be selfish? Absolutely not. You're being trained to be as selfish and critical and nasty as possible. So you don't have to reconcile your own behavior with your own good conscience. The Vedic wisdom is here to teach you. Because you're not going to be able to go to the guy in the street. You're not going to be able to go to your mates. You're not going to be able to go to even your family members. You're not going to be able to go really anywhere of the people that are all infected with the same selfish perspective. You've got to reach to a saint and sage, someone who is aloof, removed from, transcendental to, this material conception of life. That's where you're going to find someone who can actually advise you. The Vedic literature says when a man is actually a human, he must approach a spiritual master for guidance. Until he's actually realize he's human above the training that's been given and he has a duty and responsibility and he should learn what that duty is and how to execute it he requires a spiritual master the Krishna consciousness movement has an unbroken chain of spiritual masters where the master to disciple is bringing the knowledge down uninterrupted one realized master to the other without deviation that's the universal perspective that's shared by all the great saints and sages. Let me not adulterate this information. Let me present it as it is for the betterment of the listener. If you actually realize you're not performing to your best, if you actually realize this society is poisoning your mind, if you actually don't have a pure, happy heart, if you actually are frustrated with your existence, your life, your experience, and your possibilities and opportunities, you require a spiritual master. That's a fact. You won't get help from anybody walking the streets. Psychologists, uh, any other type of person who's supposed to be able to help you are all useless. Because they're contaminated with the television and the system, uh, social aspects, social attitude. They're all contaminated. They can't help you. You require a spiritual master who is aloof from material attachments, who is not subjected to the influences and laws and forces of this material world. They're not on every street corner, I must say. They are in the Krishna consciousness movement. That's where you find one. You may be fortunate to find one among one of the other bona fide religions, as we said, where they actually teach love of God. Go there. I don't care. Find someone who's actually a bona fide person, who's actually developed love of God, who actually can give you good advice. That's a spiritual master. Find a bona fide spiritual master, inquire from them, render some humble service, be patient, listen to the examples, test the teachings for yourself and your life, and change yourself. 
Stop being one of the masses. Be you, a unique individual with perspectives and abilities that are important to your rendering service. Come out of the group mind. Come out of the way everybody does it. What does your heart say? How well would you do this task? I could take a task, go clean the floor in that garage. And ten people will do it ten different ways. So you have to go into that garage and clean it to the best of your ability. That shows what you really are. But everybody's flippant. Uh, I don't want to work. <laughs> you will work. You will have to work. You have to work to sustain the body. So why not work to the best of your ability? Why not be the one that comes out of the garage and is magnificent, sparkly, clean? And move on, the next project, the next, the next, the next, your whole life, sparkly clean at every step. When you reach the spiritual master and want answers, he goes, ah, look at this track record. It's called sparkly, clean, nice. You have to purify yourself. You have to approach a spiritual master in an uncontaminated state. You have to be diligent. You have to show that you care. You're trying to improve yourself. You're trying to qualify for achieving love of God under the instructions of a bona fide spiritual master, a saint, a sage, realized personality who can impart knowledge, pure knowledge to you. So you go directly to the highest platform of service with the proper attitude and perspective, selfless. We're stuck in a society that's frustrating all the goodness in us. They're frustrating all of the good instructions. All the, uh, all the instructions are going against your heart. Don't care. Don't try. Don't stop. Don't help. But a man never stands so tall as when he stoops to help another. You feel that in your heart. When you selflessly do good, you helplessly give and care. This is where the training is. Become that selfless, honest, determined person and qualify for rendering service to God and achieve love of God. This is the real human responsibility. Duty, it's called. Duty. It's your duty to revive your lost God consciousness, to return to the platform of love of God. That's what this Krishna consciousness movement is. God's name is Krishna, one of his names. And if you develop love for Krishna, love of God, this platform becomes stable. That's why the devotees of Krishna consciousness chant the names of God. It's a purifying force, helps you to become qualified, to render service to God selflessly and achieve your proper platform in the duty, the service of rendering uh, love of God to everyone. This is the biggest gift one can give. Give love of God. Attain it yourself by following the spiritual master and deliver it to others because everybody's struggling in this material world trying to get through all of the difficulties the material society is producing. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.